We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. I'm your host, Yue Xu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host and producer, Julie Kraftchik, as we explore this crazy dateable world. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. I have to be honest, growing up, I always felt like the family I envisioned in the future would be a mother, a father, and like maybe a few kids. Mm -hmm. And that was it. That's your traditional household. But as I get older and I, as I date and as I see my friends change their kind of relationship setups and configurations, I realize that is no longer the case. So our guest here is to talk about dating as a single mother. But before we get into that, I just 
Rebecca, do you want to give a quick hi before we get into your story? Hi, everybody. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> She's here to talk about dating as a single mother and becoming sexually empowered and inspired to find her life partner. But before we get to her story, I want to bring up some statistics that I found online. <laughs> so the source of all the truth. Source, yeah. <laughs> but the CDC came out with a study that said that 25% of families are headed by single moms. That's a really high percentage. What is the CDC? Um, Center for Disease Control. Okay. Yeah. And traditional nuclear families with two married heterosexual parents are now the minority of the U.S. Wow. The rise of mm -hmm. single motherhood is the largest influence of this trend, followed by gay families and multi-generational families. And we see this in some of my friends have younger kids who are in preschool or they're in elementary school, and they'll tell me about kind of the family makeups that they see. And it's yep. just every kind. Everything. So you can't, even when you talk to one of your kid's classmates, you can't say, tell me about your mom or your dad. You can't even ask that question. You have to say, tell me about your family. Yeah. And then they'll tell you, you know, yeah, yeah. kind of like what kind of situation they're in. So with Rebecca, you are a single mother of how old of a so child? I was a single mom for seven years. Okay. But of a daughter who's now 11. She's now 11. Yes. You're 33 years old. Yes. You live in Oakland. You grew up in the Bay Area, and but you're now married. So no yes. longer a single mom. Tell us about your story getting to <laughs> where you are now. Oh, man. That's like a big question. But so basically, the way that I became a single mom, I think that's what people are really curious to hear, mm -hmm. right? So in college, I went to UC Berkeley, so I'm from the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. Go Bears. I know. In college, I did have a partner, a boyfriend, and it was not necessarily like college sweetheart, but I would say that because of being together on and off for so long, we felt like the next step was going to be to move in together, to mm -hmm. start a family. Um, we did talk about getting engaged. I ended up having my daughter before any of those things happened. And so the relationship ended up not working. And so I found myself in like a situation where I had to decide, do I continue down the path of this relationship that feels on and off mm. and continue to build that? Or do I do this by myself as a single mom and figure out the dating side later starting over later to me it was like a gut reaction and it was always this like listening to my intuition that it wasn't going to work and so mm. i decided to raise my daughter on my own it ended up being seven years which is crazy when i think about it because now she's like this preteen, and i feel like <laughs> i just had her and i i actually just had a baby two months ago oh. so i have a baby Congrats. girl so yeah. how old were you when you had your first kid, baby so first i was kid. 22 turning 23. And so just graduated college? Just graduated college. Okay. Literally, I was finishing my finals and all of those like wrap it up courses while I was pregnant. Giving birth. <laughs> I was pregnant and I was trying to wrap all this wow. up and trying to just figure out next steps for life. So what was like your reaction when you found out you were pregnant? Oh my gosh. And you know, that's such a good question because I think that there's a lot of stories that we hear where it's like, you're excited and there's this magical moment, but there's so much stuff that goes through your head when you find out you're pregnant when you're not expecting right. to be pregnant, which is half of all pregnancies, So this by the was way. unplanned. Unplanned. Half of all yeah. pregnancies. Are unplanned. Wow. Yeah. 
So I felt very like confused. I felt overwhelmed. I did feel happy and excited just because I pictured this journey of motherhood being like once in a lifetime. So there were so many mixed emotions. It was Got all over. It. So at 22, like you did envision yourself being a mother or was this something that never crossed your mind until then? I knew I wanted to be a mother. Definitely not that young though. <laughs> yeah. and, and the thing was that I felt like I had a supportive community. You know how they say it takes mm-hmm. a village? Yeah. So when I was weighing my options and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I ultimately decided I could do this on my own because I had that college degree under my belt. I had a supportive family. I felt like I could co-parent with her dad. So there were a lot of layers to this, but mm-hmm. ultimately I decided I want to do this and I want to experience motherhood. And it won't be in a traditional, I'm doing like air quotes, yeah, right. traditional <laughs> way, but I was, I was excited although I knew that it was going to be really tough. And did the father, did he want to stay in the picture and be part of your child's life? Totally. And he, the thing is that I think when we're in college, we're figuring out so much about ourselves. And a lot of people do become college sweethearts and they end up being together and getting married and all Mm -hmm. that. But for us, we were just not meant to be in a relationship. And I felt like it was an interesting time where he did take some time to figure himself out, I would say for about a year. And so that year of completely doing it on my own was when it was like this realization that we have a lot of power as human beings to handle a lot on our plate. And I was figuring out, did I want to go to grad school, raising this baby girl, trying to get a job? Like there were so many pieces to it. So I had that year of processing. I would say. So walk us through the timeline. You Mm -hmm. graduate college, Mm -hmm. then you have Julie and her timeline. She loves timelines. I love to get it like in the chronological Okay. So was dating somebody on and off for about four years. During the fourth year, which is like when most people are graduating college, I got pregnant. And so I was really gung-ho on, I'm finishing this. I'm going to finish and I'm not taking a gap year. I want to finish college. So I was taking classes while I was pregnant at Cal. And I was the only one who was openly like showing pregnant in any of my classes. So there was just that whole story. Openly, as in some people may have been pregnant, they just didn't want to show it. Right, Ah. right, right, right. And so I was going through that process. I ended up having my daughter maybe like three months after I graduated. From that point on, like I was basically single mom during my pregnancy. I separated from her dad during the pregnancy when I decided I was going to do this on my own. And it was interesting because I think that Everybody was pretty much on board to support me, but I don't think anybody really realized how much work it was going to be. So for example, God bless my parents. They're just, (laughs) they were amazing. But basically after the year of graduating, that was when I was on my own with Alani. That's her name. Okay. With my daughter. Alani. That's a great name. I I mean, I can imagine because we have some friends who are pregnant or have given birth. No amount of help could ever make you feel less overwhelmed. Right. When you're a new parent. So I can't imagine the kind of stress that you were going through at this point. So did you and your father like get back together or was that when he was out of the picture? We never got back together. Okay. I kind of drew a line in the sand and I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to ex- make it so that this is my journey with her and I'm not going to expect anything. Although I really hope that he steps up to the plate and does the co-parenting thing with me and all of that good stuff. So you guys never got married or anything like we that? We actually, we were married that last year. Oh, okay. And it, was like, it was like six months. Yeah, sorry. Oh, you were married. <laughs> That's okay. a big part we of it. 
when you say you separated, I was like, that's a very mature way yeah. of saying no, no, you no, broke no. up. Okay. So we, you got married like immediately that after That fourth the- year was like a blur of college because <laughs> it was like, college is ending. He asked me to marry him. Mm. I, we found out we were having her. I quickly saw that he was not who he said he was. It was like mm. everything wow. all at once. Got it. And I grew up in a, I don't want to say super traditional household, but Latino households tend to be pretty religious yeah. in, in general. Mm-hmm. So the idea of having a baby but not being married was like constantly something I was replaying. Mm. Today, I do not follow religion in the same way, but it was something that was like always on my mind. And being that young, you know, we're still figuring it out. So I did feel the pressure of get married, have the baby. Right. And today... Now seeing, looking at it backwards, I was like, oh, I was so young. I <laughs> yeah. was learning too much pressure. How yeah. would you really know yeah. what you need? Right. I feel like that's like logical. Right. Right. So, so you, you got married. <laughs> wait, okay. Now I'm like the timeline. You got married and divorced before Alani was even born. I got married when I was pregnant. Okay. Six months happened. So now take it to like six or seven months of pregnancy. I'm realizing there's a lot of stuff about this man that I did not realize and that I did not like and I did not want a child to be a part of. Mm. I separated from him. And once I had her, went through the official paperwork to get divorced. Got it. And did he propose because of the pregnancy? I think that was a big like moment, like a big trigger for him. But we had been talking about it. Mm. It just, it was this thing where I realized that our goals were no longer aligned. In college, it made sense for so many reasons. Right, because we're on the same page. We're on the same page. We're both in college. Um, We both talk about the big picture. But once I realized, like, my hustle is different than your hustle. Mm -hmm. And our life goals are not aligned the way that I thought. Now that we're out of college and we're not in that bubble, it it just didn't feel right anymore. How long were you guys dating for? On and off four years. Okay. Okay. Really all of college, basically. Yeah. And some people say college sweethearts, but... You don't want to go on that. <laughs> no. No. Okay. Fling. no. So then I guess let's go to your dating life post him, right? Yes. So yes, what yes. was that like? Yeah. How long did it take you to even think about dating yeah. okay. after giving birth? That's a really good question because I feel like for me and <laughs> Next I- Next day? Just kidding. <laughs> no. I, I dated in phases. And after I, you know, was now in this situation where I was a single mom, divorced, like there were so many pieces to like entering the dating world that I was like not ready to handle. I just started dating about nine or 10 months after I had my daughter. So let's just say like a year after I was ready to just see what it felt like because I had never really been on nice dates. Mm. I had been on more of those like college, like let's go to dinner here. Or let's yeah. go to the game or, you know, those the hangouts, fun, the hangouts. And you weren't, how old were you at this point? Like 24, 20. Like, yeah. So you were still fairly young. 24, 25 is when I feel like I started entering the world of dating. And yeah. I just wanted to understand like, what does this feel like? And who do I want to date? And I was just interested in like going on those dates yeah. and figuring out like, how does this work? And what do I want it to look like? I feel and like that's have- when I entered even without a good child. <laughs> exactly. And you have that added layer of having a yeah. child. So, so how did you navigate around that? Was yeah. that something you told people right away? Yeah. And uh, trust me, this is, it was like a learning process because in the beginning, I didn't know what I wanted to tell people. Mm. I didn't know if I wanted to say, hey, I'm divorced and I have a baby. Are you okay with that? Because I was trying to not necessarily ask for permission or feel like I needed to. I was just trying to like understand the dating world. A year or so into trying to just meet people and let people take me on dates, 
I felt very comfortable with an exploration phase of my dating mm. where I wanted to try everything and I wanted to try, you know, being in a committed relationship. I wanted to try being in an open relationship. I wanted to have sexual partners. I wanted to date one person, multiple people. Like I felt like I had so much I wanted to experience that I was very upfront with people in the beginning at that point. Like I was dating more confidently. I was in grad school taking all these sexual health classes and becoming mm. a sexologist. So it was all coming together in a different way. Do you think it, you had this sort of curiosity about you because you had a child or because that's just who you are? Me or other people? For you, for you to have this, because I feel like in my tw- mid-20s, I was like, I'm going to look for a husband. I'm going to get married. I kept thinking I was going to be in a relationship. I don't think I went through that exploratory stage till like maybe early 30s, late 20s, early 30s. Oh, I definitely did it in my 20s. <laughs> that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> but were, you, were your intentions to explore and see what's out there, like try as many no. different... Re- you know, no, it was, it was more like, I have no idea what I want. I was right? like, yeah. <laughs> but yours feels more intentional. Like yes. I, my intentions yes. are to explore what configurations of a relationship I'm, I may be comfortable with. And you know why? It was because I felt like I didn't get to do that. And so oh. now that I was in a place where I had that stability and I felt... Like I was becoming just empowered as a mom and as a woman and like exploring pleasure. Like I feel like I just entered this phase where I wanted to experience things because I didn't want to find my life partner and look Mm. back and wish I would have tried Mm. stuff. I just wanted to get it out of my system. And I just wanted to say, okay, I tried this. It wasn't for me. Or I didn't try that. And I'm okay because I never wanted to. So it was just this like filtering phase. Got it. I was reading um, this blog by the single mom about her dating experience. And she said, at the end of every date, I thought, no matter how this date goes, I will always have the unconditional love of my child. Mm. So it made her feel really empowered in that way. I love that. Is that something you felt as well? Oh my God. My daughter was like my world. She is still, but like it was like just magnified during dating because mm. I realized, you know, there's something more important than this meal that didn't turn out well. Mm. And I do have her at home and she's sleeping or, you know, taking the time out of your schedule to go on a date when you have a little girl like that means that you are prioritizing dating and you're prioritizing whatever that intention is that you're seeking out with dating. I knew that for me, like when I was in that phase where I was starting to really explore that it was important to me just as a human being. And so that's what I was prioritizing. Once I got into a phase where I felt like I had accomplished the things that I wanted to do, like for example, like I really wanted to be more set in my career. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be figuring out stuff anymore. I kind of wanted that to be part of like my story and Mm. I wanted a partner who who matched me in a lot of ways. Once I got to that point, which I would say was like more like 27, 28, the way I dated was very intentional. And it was that I'm dating for love, I'm dating for a partner, and I'm dating for a potential future father of my daughter. Because I feel like at 28, I don't know about you, UA, I was definitely not in that place. Oh, hell no. I was such a hot mess. <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> like, I was why like, has he not texted me back? It's been three hours. Or I was just like drunk, like hooking up with people. <laughs> right? like, I'm just like, I think like having a child matured you a lot faster. I accelerated. <laughs> like I would never have 
expected. But see, that's what I mean. I feel like in that middle phase that I talk about, like mid twenties, yeah, I wanted to try everything because I I was like on a schedule. Yeah, like, I had things I wanted to do, and like I knew I wanted to eventually get to the point where I was introducing her to a potential like family member. Mm. Um, You're probably just more family oriented because you had a child to begin yeah. with. Yeah, and also all the things that we were stressing about in our mid twenties didn't matter. Didn't matter. Yeah, she having a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. things in perspective right if he doesn't call you back in three days you're like right. i have i'm busy with a child right. like, who cares and you're probably point. not like you're probably more intentional not wasting time like out at bars just getting drunk and like hooking up with random people like <laughs> i was me, in my 20s <laughs> it was it's still nice to get out with friends or with a date and like have drinks and enjoy the night like yeah. that was still something that like when it felt good like that was part of my schedule and part of my right. like mm-hmm. planning. got it But having a child, it does two things, I think, with dating. Because I dated a little bit before I had her, but I really saw the difference with my girlfriends Mm. in the 20s, late 20s, early 30s. I saw the difference. And when you have a child, I think what happens is, one, you're prioritizing your dating life differently. And if you want love, you actually put effort into that in a different way. So for me, if somebody wanted to spend time with me one-on-one, they had to impress me to a certain level. It was, it couldn't be as casual, I think, as some of my girlfriends. Right. I mean, I definitely went on casual dates, but that's because I was okay with that. They have infinite time. Right. But you're also not randomly sleeping over at someone's house. Right. Because you have to go home to your daughter. Yeah, and I had a sitter. And like, I paid for my sitter. And there were like all these layers to like, if we go on a date, I have to really want to go on a date with you. Right, you probably did great screening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This is why we should talk about the app in a second. But like dating via apps was, I loved it because I screened a lot. That's true. Yeah. the, the second thing I was going to say about dating with a child, like one, the schedule is different, but two, when you, when I got to the point where I was dating somebody more seriously and I saw them interact with my daughter, now you have to make that call for yourself. If you're a single mom or a single parent of when do you want to introduce someone you're dating to your children or your child. Mm. But when I did, I got to see like what this person would be like interacting as a potential like family member mm. and a potential father. So it's almost like getting a glimpse glimpse into the future. Yeah. And a lot of my friends, when we would talk and like, you know, talk about how was your date and how's everything going with so-and-so, I was always taken back by the descriptions of how badly a date would go and they would go on another date. Yeah. And to me, like, I didn't have time to wait. Yeah. No. I was like, Nobody got time no, for that. No. I love that too because it's like there's hypothetical, like, how would they parent? But you're like, nope, I got to see it firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. And also you were like, probably, I'm assuming probably some of your friends had more superficial criteria. But because you mm-hmm. were still so focused around your child, you were thinking like that big picture more. Yeah. This is actually a great dating tactic. Just have, have a kid. Have a kid. <laughs> yeah, have a kid. Pretend you have a child. <laughs> Pretend you have a child. Or have a friend who's a single mom yeah. to screen your dates for you. That's true. Because like they it. don't have enough to do on their own. <laughs> right. <laughs> gonna add, gonna we got to pay them. So I guess, okay, that brings us to you met your husband on the league, the yes. dating app. So were you primarily using apps throughout this process? Yes. I would say I was only dating apps unless if I met somebody by chance that caught my interest, I would still want to do kind of like this screening time where I would get to know them a little bit with like texting and calls and all that stuff. I loved apps. I still love apps. And I try to get all my girlfriends to try apps when they're still hesitant because you get to share enough about yourself on there where someone can get a good sense of you. And I don't, I, I wasn't hiding anything. I would 
putting that I was divorced and that I had a daughter, um, that I was in the sexual wellness space, like all the things that could be deal breakers for some people are very interesting. I was putting it out there and yes, there were some creeps that would reach out, but for the most part, I felt like I was getting pretty good matches. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's such, I think that's like something we take for granted with apps. Like a lot of people, myself included, sometimes will kind of complain about them. But I think back when there weren't apps and you were just meeting Mm -hmm. people randomly, like you had an attraction, but you knew nothing about them. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like your point of view is like, I don't have time to waste if they're not okay with like Mm -hmm. me having a child. Like we didn't waste that first date. Exactly. And you know what? Even, even with that, like say I would match with somebody that I actually wanted to get to know in person. I still wouldn't do like a dinner date as a first date. I would do a happy hour or a coffee and that's it Mm. because I didn't want to waste my time and feel like I had to sit through three hours of conversation with somebody that I didn't want to be with. So it was like a, it was like an after screening, I guess. Totally. Yeah. But I, okay. So you, you really like the apps, but I would just say that apps are great if you know how to use them. Oh yeah. yeah. So you're using it in the right way by putting out all the things that make you unique and that may also turn some people away and that's right. perfectly fine. It's not a numbers game. No. Yeah. You're just trying to get someone who can meet you where you right, are. Right. So what was the reaction? I mean, I guess you kind of had that pre-screen already by putting it out <laughs> it's there, like, right? It's like, it's like a formula, like you're screaming. It is kind of a formula. <laughs> but like, I mean, I know like other people we've talked to, like yeah. I think like some single mothers I've spoken to have said like dating's really hard. Yeah. And I feel like when I spoke to you, what was interesting is I felt like you had a very positive take on it as a single mom. And I don't know if everyone yeah. feels that same way. Yeah. So I'd be, yeah, I'd be curious like what the responses Why? were and how you got to that place of positivity. So for me, I think the biggest thing that shifted my mindset, instead of thinking of it like I have so much to do with her and it's so tough to date because I don't have the time. When I say like I carved out that time, you have to remember there were like maybe five or six years where I was intentionally working on myself. Mm-hmm. And so I was making me happy. And I was doing things like discovering my body. And I was making sure that I had a career that I loved. And I bought my first place. And I was building for myself and my daughter. And I think that made me happy. And we were talking about this before the podcast, but energy is a big deal. Oh, right? definitely. So I think people were attracted to my positivity Mm -hmm. and it just kind of snowballed. Like I became attracted to people with positive attitudes about life and like just that energy was a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I've always sought out because I'm really sensitive to being around negative people and negativity that tends to like soak into me and I don't like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. their energy zombies. (laughs) So I mean, I'm assuming most of the men that you talked to were okay with you having a child. Is that the reaction or were there were some that didn't feel that way? Hey, just taking a quick break here so we can talk about sex products. Did that get your attention? I'm sure you've already heard us rave about Lola, a female founded company offering line of organic cotton, BPA-free tampons, pads, and liners, as well as sex products too. Unlike other products on the market, Lola's products are formulated to deliver the sensation and reliability you deserve without unnecessary irritating additives. My favorite Lola products are the condoms. Seriously, the best I've ever used, and I'm not shy to admit it. These condoms are made out of natural rubber latex and individually tested for contraception and STI protection. And a great complement to the condoms is the Lola Personal Lubricant, featuring 
featuring a mess-free one-click pump system with a water-based formula made with aloe vera and is completely hypoallergenic. With Lola, you get everything delivered to your door hassle-free. For dateable listeners only, you get 40% off your first month subscription. Just visit mylola.com and enter the code DATEABLE when you subscribe. Again, you get 40% off your first month subscription. Just visit mylola.com and enter the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E. Now back to the show. I'm assuming most of the men that you talked to were okay with you having a child. Is that the reaction or were there were some that didn't feel that way? I would say nine out of 10 times, everyone was okay with it or interested in learning more. Mm. Okay. And there were some jerks that didn't read or didn't like mm, pay course, attention. Yeah. And it's like, wait, what? I didn't know that. And so, you know, there's always this moment of truth. And honestly, I couldn't be interested in somebody that wasn't okay with right. potentially dating someone that had a child. I tended to like older men because yeah. I felt like they were a little bit more mature and ready for something serious. And you were super mature. <laughs> I know, seriously. I was going to ask if you were probably dating older. I was dating a little older. I used to joke that my husband barely made my bottom cut off. He was 35 when I met him and I was like, you're kind of on the young side. <laughs> I like the 50 plus things. No, I really liked late 30s. I felt like that was when I saw that mm. men, I don't want to generalize, but I am. I feel like in general, they were just more receptive to just serious, committed relationships. Yeah, Yeah, I I agree. I think late 30s, even now being in my late 30s, I would say, yes, the men in their late 30s or early 40s are definitely more open to that. I want to know the types of guys that you dated. If you were so curious and exploring, (laughs) did you date single dads? Okay, yes, I did. I actually was in a relationship with a single dad for about a year, and I hated it. What was that like? I hated it. Why? Because, okay, so he was great, like amazing, like in terms of being a dad to his son and and human being. However, I hated that I not only had to now split my time between like dating my daughter, personal life, but I also had to have that time split with another child. Mm -hmm. And I felt like two was a lot. Mm. And for me, it was, I, I, I kind of took a step back and I tried to think through, okay, so what does it feel like when single men date me? And I still thought it was different because to date one person with one child, I feel like creates a certain dynamic. But when you are talking about co-parenting with four people, yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. It was a lot and it was draining. And I feel like I got lucky because my now husband has a good relationship with my daughter's father. Like they're amicable, they get along, it's very mature, but I didn't really get along with my ex-boyfriend's it was tough and, and I just wanted more attention and mm. I, you know I was okay with saying that and we would talk a lot about it like you know I feel like I need more attention in this and it's tough to be you know, there's so much attention to vision right now. So I was reading also on this woman's blog, which is amazing. I forget her name, but she was also saying her friends wanted to set her up when she became a single mother and they kept setting her up with single dads. Mm. And she said that was the worst combination ever because you're in a time where you want to focus on the relationship. But when you are splitting the time, like you were talking about, you end up focusing on the kids, your, your, your kid and their kid yeah. instead of your relationship together. So I find that really interesting. What about, did you date guys who've never been in relationships did or who are very inexperienced with dating? No, 
Okay, none of that. What no. about what about guys who didn't want children of their own?、Mm. Oh, that was so tough. Okay, I dated. You know how I mentioned that I dated men who were curious to learn more.、Mm-hmm. So let's just call them on the fence guys. So <laughs> on the fence guys were interested in seeing what the dynamic could be like.、Mm-hmm. And there was one occasion when I was. Extremely into this particular person, and the longer we were together, the more that I was enjoying it. But I didn't realize it was becoming tough for him to see like the responsibility level of now being a part of a little、mm. girl's life. And so as I was pulling in, he was pulling out, and that sucked. So I would say that sometimes people are curious, and you just have to be okay with the fact that sometimes they're not going to be okay with it. And that has to be, you know, part of the deal. And they don't know until they give it a try. Right. right. It's not necessarily like a malicious thing. It probably、right. took him being the situation. Yeah. What is really interesting about your situation, which is very similar to my friend May's situation too, she's about to marry a man who has a child with a woman who they were like never really together when the child is able to acknowledge it. So what I'm saying is, your child has never known mommy and daddy together as a couple, right? right? Same right. with my friend's、yeah. situation.、Right. So you don't have that situation where a guy is coming in and you know the kid's like, well, you're not my mommy's boyfriend or、right. husband because there's not That jealousy, but I can also see how that could add another layer of complexity. Yeah, if the guy did have a, a child with like an ex-wife, and the the kid did see the two of them together as a couple. Right, totally. So you're you- saying if they had, if there were basically children that saw, that grew up in a home, and then that couple split up. Yes. Yeah,、mm-hmm. and I think that that is more challenging. And I do have other friends who are still single moms or are newly single moms where that was the situation. And I think it is. It's tough, but it's not. I don't want to say that it's harder. I think that it's just different, and you have to take care of like the child's emotions and like all of those things even more to a different degree. I would say one of the reasons where why I feel like I accelerated this, how you say, like accelerated the maturity and、yeah. dating, or like <laughs> what I wanted was because I didn't want to have my daughter grow up and see us arguing,、yeah. or see that there was infidelity,、mm. or see that there was like different issues going on. I just wanted her to know. That I was solid, and even if it was one person, like I was okay with that. But it had to make me like I had to switch to being more. That、mature. is so interesting because, like, I know myself and like a lot of my friends have had these situations in our twenties where it was like the back and forth. The person wasn't treating you right, but you still kind of stood、mm-hmm. in there. Where I think from like what you just said is like if you took like a step out of that and you're、yeah. like, is this like the role model that I want to like、yeah. portray?、Mm-hmm. That makes you think about it a lot differently than、yeah. if you're just like. Like in it, and you're like,、eh, whatever. Like we'll see what happens. Like all、yeah. of that. It really does put everything in perspective,、totally. and all your priorities in perspective. Yeah. So, at what point would you introduce someone to your daughter? So you have to, I think, do what feels right for you. Because I introduced my daughter to a couple of people, and they were all pretty different. I would say that after you feel like the relationship is progressing、mm-hmm. to a place where you are excited to introduce them to each other, I think that that's a good time. For me, what that looked like is we were exclusive, or we were boyfriend girlfriend. I I will say that when I introduced my daughter to a boyfriend when I was dating, I regretted it. I wish I would have done it sooner.、Mm. Because oh, sooner, it, sooner because. I would have been able to feel out and like see like what、mm. the dynamics would have been sooner before committing to being、right. boyfriend.、And、I、girlfriend. actually did not like how this particular ex partner of mine was 
around her. Interesting. It, it changed the way that I like liked him and like, I don't know, it just changed the relationship. So how many huh. people like, I mean, you don't have to give exacts, but like, <laughs> how many people roughly did you date like, whether casually or serious before you met your husband? A lot. Okay. <laughs> Good. I dated a lot and I was okay with that because I felt like I needed to understand like what I wanted yeah. in a person. Totally. How many people? Like, okay, so let's just, okay, so let's Ballpark. just say, how many people have you dated? I have no idea. Can you give a number? Like ballpark would be like, like to anywhere, a ballpark. anywhere between like 15 to 300. I don't know. Somewhere in there. Does that sound good? Hey, that's so, a ballpark. Okay. If we say that we're six years, six years of dating, average, like how many times do people go? Maybe like two a month. Okay. What number would that be? I don't know. 50 to 100. I pull up my calculator. Oh my gosh. Okay. Maybe 100 dates. How many, okay. how many mattered? Yeah. How many of the dates were good question. dates? Or, or like mattered people that were memorable. significant in your life? Mm, maybe four or five. Okay. And I I had two partners, like boyfriends. Okay. When I was a single mom and each were for about a year. Got it. Um so there wasn't like this, you know, it wasn't back to back. It was like I was trying different Got things. Got it. You were asking what kind of people? One mistake that I made that I see a lot of my friends also make is when I was first entering the dating world, I was attracted to men because I'm for the most part heterosexual. Like there's a spectrum thing and we can talk about that. But I was Love dating yeah. <laughs> men who um, had opposite characteristics of my exes. Mm. And that fulfills you in a certain way, but it's not necessarily the right recipe for a life mm. partner. I feel like that was a mistake that I had to learn. Mm. And then I think my dates got better over time. Not not perfectly, but I would say that over time I got to, I became a better dater, a better screener. I was impressed by a lot of the people that I met, especially in yeah. the Bay Area. Like there's a lot of really interesting people here. So you went um, for like polar opposite at the beginning. At the beginning. It was and then you opposite. started to like look at characteristics that you liked overall. Right. Got it. Right. And I, I talk about intentional dating and intentional like sexual partners a lot in other places. But when I got to the point where I knew, okay, I feel good about a lot of things in my life and I want an equal and I want a partner and I want to have fun and I want great sex and I want all of the above. I started being very intentional about dating and I joke about this, but I feel like I spoke my husband into existence. I feel like I ordered him. Because, <laughs> How do you do that? <laughs> I remember having dinner with a girlfriend who's also very spiritual. We were talking about our future partners and I told her, I feel like my partner is around the corner mm. and I feel like I'm ready and I'm putting it out in the universe and I'm doing all the little things to me that are important for a relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so for me, I was excited to be open and ready to receive like somebody that was going to be an equal for me. And so we just talked about what is he look like. And we literally described my now husband. Um, I met him about two weeks after that dinner. And so it was this moment wow. of, I remember she spoke at our wedding. Like there was this whole thing. So I believe that being very intentional and trying to manifest like something when you're ready for it has a lot of power. And I feel like even dating can do that. And you can do that with your partners. Absolutely. I think that applies to everything in life. Totally. When you ask the universe, when you're ready to receive, then that's when the universe does deliver. But when people just sit back and wait for the universe to deliver to them, that will never happen. It has to be this active, you're giving and receiving at the same time. But this is all great. I want to talk about the sex, okay? <laughs> because that's what I'm really interested in, your sexual journey throughout yeah. this 
first of all, logistically, yeah. how does that even work? I mean, like, where do you do sleepovers yeah. and what do you yeah. do with your, with your daughter? Yeah. The babysitters and all that. Yeah. So, um, you know how we talked about like the way that I was dating sounded more mature. So the people that I dated had to have, obviously, for starters, their own place. Mm, Okay, so I was never a fan of mixing someone that I was dating in my personal like Mm. condo or apartment. Mm. I felt like that was my sacred space with my daughter. And so for someone to come and visit us there was a huge deal for me, even if she wasn't there. So I logistically enjoyed dates out in, you know, the different parts of the Bay Area. And if it led to wanting to have sex, it was usually back at their place. Um, There were a couple of times where it had progressed and I felt comfortable inviting the person over. But it took me a long time to be okay to have sex in my own apartment with somebody that I was dating. That took a long time. With her there, basically. Or even without her there. So I would get a sitter. Okay. I didn't like mixing where Mm. I would have somebody over and she would be there. Even though like when I was dating and she was tiny, I had that flexibility. And for moms, who single moms out there who feel like they don't, they can't have a sitter and they have to balance having a sex life with their child in the apartment or home or whatever, that's okay. Like whatever works for you, as long as it feels like authentic and good to you. So for me, I would get a sitter. She would spend the night with usually my parents, usually because they're local, which I'm really happy to have them. We would just, honestly, I wasn't planning like tonight we'll have sex or tonight we won't have sex. But if I was feeling it and we wanted to go back to my place, that was an option. If that person had, if we had built a relationship basically. And would you spend the night with them still? Or would you like leave and go home if you didn't have a sitter? Most of the time I would leave and go home, but it it became easier for me to leave my daughter with a sitter or with my parents for the night anyway. Mm. So I just got into a groove of what worked Got it. and it was easier to spend the night at somebody's place and just pick her up in the morning. Yeah. Go home, get refreshed, pick her up. And she's probably just like, oh, I'm staying here at like grandma yeah. and grandpa. Oh my gosh, right? she loves them. And yeah. one day when she <laughs> listens course. to this, she's going to be like, mom, <laughs> I know what you were doing. <laughs> That's why I would spend so much time over so there. So no. tell us about when you met your husband. Like what was different about him? Like what was his reaction to like kind of entering your family and like all of that? My husband, when we met, Right off the bat, he was joking. And he was, you know, he started off our date with a joke. I didn't even realize that if I didn't know if he was talking to me or not, because he came up to me and and told me there's a couple next to us on a second date. So we definitely have to get farther than them. I was like, do you know that I'm the person you're supposed to even go on the date with right now? So it was he started it off just kind of playfully. He was really respectful. He's from the Midwest. Not like a lot of the Bay Area men that I have met, meaning like not as a, maybe not as aggressive or Mm -hmm. like standoffish or playing hard to get. Like he was, he was a nice guy. And I would say after our third time, third date, I knew that there was something about him that was just clicking so well that I was always really excited to see him. So the first indicator I would say that he was like my person was... I couldn't wait for that next date. And he wouldn't let us leave the date without confirming mm-hmm. or like asking me if I was interested in seeing him again, mm. which that was a big deal. I don't know why people don't do that. I know. I love they, that. They make love it, it so great. Yeah. The guessing game is the worst when you're like trying to guess what they think. clear. Yeah. yeah. I like it when they're clear and authentic in yeah. telling you what they're totally. not like trying to play games here. Yeah. So was he looking to start a family? 
Okay, so when I asked him about this on date number one, like, so what do you think you want in your life? Are you open to potentially being a stepdad? Like, what does that look like for you? He said he's always loved having children in his life because he's an uncle. Okay. And so for him, he knew that he loved being around kids, but he didn't know exactly what that meant. And I was okay with that. Yeah. So he didn't know if he wanted his own kids or not, but he was open to the idea of potentially dating someone with a child. Got it. Um, Which is all you can really expect on date one. Yeah. As long as you're open. Yes. And you don't want the conversation to be so deep on the first date. Right. So even though like there's some logistics that I like to get out of the way, (laughs) I don't, it's not like a sit down. Okay. Let's go through my list. Right. And let it naturally come up. And honestly, like they will ask you. Right. If they know you have a child or like they knew my career was in sexual wellness, like he would ask, but it was in a, it was like in a nice light way. Right. It wasn't this heavy question. Well, it's like any date. It's like you, there's things that you want to know, like yeah. child or no child, right? But you can't like, there's like a balance, right? Of like mm-hmm. still making it like a fun and engaging time and not like a checklist. So. Yeah. And you guys got married when? How long ago? So for us, things happened pretty quickly. Chemistry was amazing. We just felt like we made each other better in so many ways. It was pretty obvious that we were going to move forward in whatever that next step was. We began became engaged like six or seven months after we met. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is fast. And then life hit us. Both of our moms actually were diagnosed with cancer within like a year of each other. Oh, no. So we postponed getting married for maybe about two years. We ended up buying a house together and getting married two years ago. So it's been a total of four. For the timeline, I messed up the timeline. But <laughs> no, it's Julie. Did you write that down? I got it. I got it. The mental note. <laughs> so it happened pretty quickly. So now that your daughter is 11, I feel like that is a pretty good age to explain certain concepts that they kind of get. Mm-hmm. Has she ever asked you about your relationship with her father? She's never asked me like what happened. Okay. I think that, okay, so my daughter is incredibly intuitive and um, she's also pretty mature. So she has always seen our dynamic is pretty simple and short. Mm -hmm. So she knows that Mm. we don't really love spending lots of time together in a situation, but we will do it for her, like a birthday party or something. So the questions have been more around, why aren't you nicer to my dad? Why don't you talk to him more? Like she's trying to get us to just be nice to each other. And we're not mean, but we're not like... You're just very platonic. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, there's no emotion behind it. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, I guess like from all of this, like what, how do you think like having a child at a young age has changed you? Well, I think it's just, honestly, it's been a blessing that I didn't expect. Life is crazy. You don't really know how things are going to happen. And it taught me that non-traditional families can be really good. Mm -hmm. And I did think from the beginning that I was going to have more of that nuclear traditional Mm -hmm. family, but the way that it has turned out has been like such a joy to me and raising her and calling all the shots for her. Like that has been fun for me. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't always easy. There's so much, like there's so many hard moments with being a single parent. And there's so many times you just want to like scream and like you're (laughs) over it. But honestly, it's just been this journey of, of motherhood that I didn't plan this way. And it made me ultimately now, like it led me to the relationship that I have. And the journey I think is what has been the funnest Mm -hmm. because all those ups and downs are crazy, but she has developed into this super empowered, like very sassy child. (laughs) And that's what I wanted. And I'm seeing that come to life, you know, and. And you did that. 
<laughs> and I feel like I get credit for that. You, you know, being full credit. Yeah, <laughs> it's been fun, hard and fun. I love this, and I think this is really good for people to hear because, like, I had a friend that has is thirty five, single, really wants kids, like no man in the horizon, and was like, mm-hmm. maybe I should just like do it on my own. Yeah. And then her concern was, well, if I'm having such a hard time finding that person now, is it just going to make it harder? Mm-hmm. Because it's like one more thing to scream yeah. for, one more thing to like put out there and have someone potentially not be into right and I think like from what you're saying is like no it like helps you kind of cut to the chase faster (laughs) it like gets you to like be with people that are on the same page of also wanting a family and like kind of weeding out those people that don't so if it's important to you yeah and it's just gonna be in a different order I think people should just explore other options with motherhood because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to happen in order that we hear about yep. growing up, you know? I think that's a really good point too because I think like historically a lot of the times it's because women couldn't like financially take care of themselves mm-hmm. and now like that isn't the case. So like yeah. it is really good and to have these conversations and hear from you from that. Julie, are you kicking off our takeaways? Yeah, let's, let's kick do off it. some <laughs> takeaways. <laughs> I'll turn it to you, UA. I think the main takeaway, and you keep saying this and I love of it is that the reason why you're so positive about this entire experience is because you are excited about this journey. You're creating something from scratch, whether that's your child or building a life with your child and having that your own baby, like whether you want to call a real baby or not, (laughs) it's like a great personal development time and an opportunity to do that. So I'm just going to plug our coaching services because one thing I really love about what we do with coaching is we bring everybody on an exciting journey. It's never like these are tasks you need to do these are things you should check off it's more like hey you never know what life throws at you and when it does let's tackle that and let's just go on this exciting journey and you never know what could unfold totally and you just have to be open to that entire experience yeah I think that's like a good kind of segue to what mine is it's all about mindset like we say this on everything but I think this is like a prime example because like you could think of it as a hindrance you could think of it as like how do I fit in a date when I have like 20 other things to do and it's like again like that mindset of like this is actually something I really want I'm going to prioritize it I'm going to make this a positive experience like Mm -hmm. I'm going to like look at it as a way to find someone that's on my page not necessarily weaving people out that aren't right so it's like all about that mindset and I think the other takeaway I have is I love this concept of like (laughs) and it doesn't just have to be with a (laughs) child but like would my actions make for me to be a good role model like would I be proud Proud of of what what I'm doing? doing like I think a lot of times a lot of people myself included have taken some shit right Mm -hmm. and it's like have done things or like stayed in relationships way past due date for whatever reason and when you're not being treated right and it's like if someone was actually observing this that looked up to me would they would I be a good role model of what a relationship should look like or would I be like why are you doing this and that doesn't mean that you can't do anything and make any mistakes I think it's just a great way to course correct I'm sure we've all been there where we wake up someday or sometime don't (laughs) know where and you're 
was thinking, <laughs> probably not my proudest moment. At least you recognize it and can course correct and say, "This is not the person I'm trying to be." Absolutely, and I think yeah, like you kind of have to just go through it yourself to realize that it's a mistake. Like I think that's just part of like life in、yes. your journey, right? But I think where it becomes problematic is when the same thing keeps happening over and over and、yeah. over again, or you're questioning why you're making the same decisions with different people and all of that. So, so Rebecca, what kind of advice would you give to people who are dating a single mom? So, if you're dating a, somebody with a child、um, and they're a single parent, I would encourage you to really get to know that person first. Even though you know that there's a layer of parenthood and like understanding what that feels like, first see what it's like with just that person. Because at the end of the day, like that's going to be probably the, it is the most important relationship, and you want to make sure that you are fully in with that person. If that makes sense, totally.、Um, you want to make sure that you're also very intentional when it when you do, if you do get to that point of meeting the child, and if it doesn't feel right, you should say that. And、mm. if it feels great, continue. Like you just have to be authentic to like what you want because I hear a lot of people are worried about meeting a child because. They don't want to hurt their feelings, or they don't want to feel like they're hurting the child if it doesn't work. But I think what is worse than that is pretending like something is working or dragging something out for too long. Right.、Mm. Totally. Any other takeaways that you have? I know you lived and breathed this your entire <laughs> life, but anything from this conversation? Going back. To a second about the sex, I think it's really important for single moms or single parents to know that they deserve to also have great sex.、Mm -hmm. And just because you're not in a traditional relationship, or just because you're not a single dater with no children, doesn't mean that you can't have that part of yourself fulfilled. So make it work for you. Like everyone's going to have a different setup. It takes a village to raise a child. So make it work for you to enjoy the sexual part of your life when you're dating, if that's important to you. That's. A really good point.、Mm. Like, why should you be deprived from、right. things that are like human nature? And you are also in the sexual wellness space. Tell us more about that. I mean, my background is a sexologist, so I do a lot of like sex research, and I've worked with a lot of startups that have created products for women, usually for women,、um, in the women's health and sexuality space. So, like arousal devices, toys, fertility devices. My business is the Bluebee, and for those of you that don't know, it's a marketplace. It's a digital marketplace. Place for clean, intimate care products.、Hmm. So we have everything from hygiene to period products to sexual wellness,、nice. and there's also a blog, so you can learn a lot from me personally, but also from some of our other experts. Awesome. So marketplace, as in there are different vendors that sell、right. these products,、right. like an so, Etsy for sex. Yes, <laughs> I love it. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Clean and and the reason I want to just break that down is because right now the industry has a lot of toxic ingredients in、mm. these products. They're Not really regulated; they're poorly regulated, I should say. So we do a good job of like raising that standard and making sure that everything that we carry won't negatively impact your sex life or your personal hygiene. That、awesome. is shocking to hear because the sex industry has been around for so long, but the regulations are so loose, yeah, so bad, and <laughs> we're putting the shit in our bodies. Yeah, hello, totally.、On、yeah. Do we have time for a quick question of the day? Question of the day. This one comes from David. He says, "I have a five-year-old son, and I'm finding that 40 plus childless women are gravitating towards me, so that they they can have a child of their own. I like that they're excited about me having a kid, but I'm wondering if they are more interested in becoming a mother than being with me. Any、mm. thoughts?" 
Mm. Well, I think that if that is the like age range that he's gravitating to, like if he's attracted to women who are mature and ready for that, then that makes sense. But if it's something that doesn't feel right to him and it's something that he feels like the priority to them is more child versus relationship, then I would say stay away from from women that it doesn't feel right to spend time with them and it doesn't feel right to build that relationship because, again, it's more important to build the authentic relationship as the couple. And it doesn't sound like maybe he's attracting that first. And so I would encourage him to find women that are interested in him first. Like maybe Mm -hmm. don't bring the child into play for a little bit longer Mm. because the most important thing is obviously making sure that you guys are solid so that you can build that foundation for children, whether they're here now or in the future. Yep. And I mean, obviously we can't talk to him, but I would probably question a little too like this is quite a blanket statement, right? Like every woman, like has this happened once? Has it happened like mm-hmm. 10 times? Is it more like you're right. looking for the sign of it? Like, I think maybe it's like you said, like screening better and like having conversations mm-hmm. and like bringing up that you have a child, but then also bringing it back to you two as a couple. Yeah. So it's not like fixated. Maybe it's like looking at his own conversations. Maybe he, and for some reason is steering people towards only talking about kids, like not necessarily like unconsciously, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really good point. If he if he's the one bringing up his child all the time, then of course the woman would only talk about the child. Right. And then he would use that as a sign saying that she's only interested in the child. I think this, this question is very similar to people who are like, oh, I don't know if he's into me for me or into me for the sex. Mm, you know, yeah. it's kind of the yeah, same yeah. question. And the answer is the same as well. You got to you got to see where the priorities are. If he's prioritizing yep. you or prioritizing 3 a.m. booty calls. <laughs> So it's kind of the same thing. Like it's your call to see how you feel with this person. End of the day, whether their intentions are to be with you or to have a child, if they don't make you feel good, you shouldn't be with them. Right. So it's your call, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Of David. Mr. David. Okay. We're going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, Rebecca. If people want to get a hold of you, how can they do that? Um, They can get a hold of me on all my handles with uh, Rebecca Alvarez Story. And then they can check out Bloomy stuff on the Bloomy com and it has our blog and all that fun and stuff. how do you spell that bloomy is b-l-o-o-m-i so the bloomy.com awesome right. and we'll link also in the show notes so fabulous awesome. we have had single fathers on the show i think we have one single dad on the show but the episode was not about that so we would love to have a yes. single father on the show to tell us their story for sure that would be a dream guest for us and um, or a single mother that hasn't had the same experience. We're always open to having more of these conversations. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. Thank you again for being on the show. Thank you. And guys. we're going to wrap this up. Stay, Stay dateable. Want to continue the conversation? First, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter with the handle at Dateable Podcast. Tag us in any post with the hashtag StayDateable and trust us, we look at all of those posts. Then head over to our website, datablepodcast.com. There you'll find all the episodes as well as articles, videos, and our coaching service with vetted industry experts. You can also find our premium Y series where we dissect, analyze, and offer solutions to some of the most common dating conundrums. We're also downloadable for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Overcast, Stitcher Radio, and other podcast platforms. Your feedback is valuable to us, so don't forget to leave us a review. And most importantly, remember to stay dateable.